Daydreaming About Dragons, Reply Show, Winter's Night. If you are new to the show, this is a reply show, so this is going to be folks calling in, sending emails, tweeting at me uh, about the show, and me responding. Uh, it's not, I don't number it like a regular show, and it's a little, it's, it's structured very differently, and I called it Winter's Night because it's, you know, it's getting there. We're getting to the end of the year. It's getting cold, it's dark early, I'm feeling it, and... I don't know, it just feels like the moment I'm in right now. So, winter's night it is. I've got a bunch of cool friends who have chimed in, and and some new faces, and some new voices, which is really great. So, let's start with a friendly face, a familiar face. Uh, We'll we'll start off with Sean, a familiar voice, someone I game with uh, on on Fridays over on the actual play Twitch stream. Uh, I'll have a link to the In the Wake of the Sorcerer Kings blog post, and you can find just about everything that you need to find about that game and, and what we're doing there. And uh, let's get to it. Let's see what Sean has to say. Hey, Judd. Uh, this is Sean. I don't know if this will go into a reply show or this is just a private message that you end up uh, enjoying yourself. I was thinking about the episode you, you put out about lore and making lore part of the world um, and making it part of the world by making it active, making it something that's affecting the players in the moment and that whatever adventure they're on or whatever they're doing uh, it ties actively into the setting itself and the lore of the world. And I was thinking about this world that we're making up together right now of the city of the Sorcerer Kings. We need to name it, by the way, but that's another subject. And uh, you put out that prompt of things that somebody might find in a neighborhood, and you had one of them was a Baroque, uh, a sports game with a Baroque set of rules. And I responded to it, and I had a good time, and then I've been thinking about it more, and thinking about what about sports that reflect on society? What, what What if we... What if this is a meta thing itself? So now my head is going to the space of um, this game was actually based on a on a delve that that people used to do for the Sorcerer Kings all the time, and so they would go in and have to steal eggs uh, or something. I'm thinking eggs, uh, but it could be something else. But you know, they'd have to go in and steal something in in a dangerous delve. And this game sort of emulates that in a capture the flag kind of way. And I'm imagining this, this space is all these weird floating rocks that kind of levitate and lift and raise in, in unpredictable ways. And, uh, and that, that each team has an egg. And it's like a paper mache egg filled with substance. Um, you know, for like, uh, like kids that play, it's just water. But like league sports, they have like a, a color of paint, and the paint matches the team. And the goal is to you know get the capture the egg and get it back to your team without being caught. And there's special rules if the egg breaks, and and it depends on uh, who broke it, whether it's the team up that owned it or the capturing team. And you know jumping from floating platforms, it seems like a very high adventure style game. But I can also see it as uh you know life imitating or art imitating life and we are re-imitating that 
by playing the role-playing game that will be set with this game present. Uh, so that's very meta. I don't know if it actually says anything, but I'm thinking about the way we think of, we reflect on life and all the ways that we're commenting on life and wondering if uh, that that sports game could be a part of it. So anyway, those are my thoughts as I'm walking Emmett along and I thought I'm sure with you. Thank you, Sean. Uh, I'm glad that the things I posted and the stuff I wrote about our, our fantasy city, which we've named, uh, it's called uh, Jake Waves, after the amazing gaming adventure pioneer, uh, Janelle Jake Waves, who has written a bunch of great adventures. And I messaged her and said, hey, I've named a fantasy, we've, me and my friend are thinking about naming a fantasy city after you. Uh, I made a t-shirt. If you're interested, I will send you a free t-shirt since it has your name on it. Uh, and, and, you know, you're such a pioneer and we just were inspired. And, and she was very gracious and she was like, no, thank you. I don't need a t-shirt, but just make sure you pronounce it correctly. It's Jake Ways. So yeah, we've named our city Jake Ways. And when it was very, it was interesting making a kind of checklist for Jake Ways, because it was very different than the other checklists I've made. Uh, it wasn't, it, it, it was, the other checklists I've made have been inspired by uh, stuff from Apocalypse World, where very often, you know, you're, you're in charge of a group or you're in charge of a hard hold or a city or something. And this wasn't that. I didn't want Sean's character to be in charge of the city. He wasn't you know, an administrator or the mayor or the governor or whatever. He, his, his character was, is, is a delver, is just, a, you know, a kind of a blue-collar, working-class dungeon delver. Uh, and so I just wanted the city to have some vibes. I, I wanted Sean to, to start daydreaming, and clearly it worked uh, because I, I said there was a Baroque sport you know, I, I asked, basically I had a bunch of things like, hey, what does your borough, what does your neighborhood and community get excited about? And, or, or what makes them kind of come out of their shell and celebrate? And I had a bunch of different things and, and we liked a lot of them, but it seemed like the Baroque sport was one of the things that really got Sean going. And it was cool. He basically invented a sport which is about like a famous ancient delve stealing eggs from a dragon or something, which I like because American football and, and rugby, you know, balls are kind of egg shaped. And so it kind of has that, you know, sport vibe to it, which I dig. I, that's what, that is exactly what I wanted. Uh, so the reason why I wrote it the way I wrote it is so that hope in hopes that Sean would get to be daydreaming about that city too. And mission, mission accomplished. That's all I wanted. Uh, you know, all I want when, when, when folks are getting into a fantasy place with me is for them to daydream there a little bit. And he did and mission accomplished. So very cool. So I'm, I'm glad, I think we named it Wyvern Ball. Uh, in the in in play, and so maybe it wasn't dragon eggs, maybe it was wyvern eggs, but or maybe it's just a you know a misnaming. Anyway, great stuff. Thank you for chiming in, Sean, 
and I'm glad that the city of Jake Ways is, is under your skin too. Looking forward to gaming with you more. Talk to you soon. All right, on to the next. Next up is a cool email from Storn Cook, a dear friend and someone I've gamed with a ton and who I podcasted with back in the Sons of Cryos days with Jeff and is an accomplished and amazing artist uh, in the RPG scene. A favorite game of mine when I go to a used bookstore is I like to look in their gaming section and see how long it takes me to find a picture by Storm Cook. And usually about 10 minutes, five to 10 minutes. Uh, faster if I, you know, if, if I get lucky. So Storm has a cool email. I'm going to read an excerpt from it. Uh, Stone Top has a really cool end of session thing that we have been doing religiously, and I think it is systemless and could be used in any RPG. There is a praise something about the game where you go around player by player and each says something they liked. And then there is wishes for future sessions where the same thing happens, but this time emphasis is on musings in the fiction. It is really cool because it's a freaking gold mine for the GM. Nice. I never thought of that. So I've used stuff like this before just as a critical tool. Uh, one of the things that we used to do at the end of games when I played with Strash and Lauren is we would do what they called roses, roses and thorns. Uh, and I like Storm's way better, where something I liked and something I'm wishing for. I, I like that better, and I'm going to let you know why. Uh, what I find with, with thorns is that people tend to criticize something about themselves, um, or we go in the other direction and there's something wrong with the game or there's something that they don't really like about the game design. And so that ends up being a big thorn. And that's cool. It's good to be critical, but sometimes it can lead to... I don't know the like you can just get into a role where that's all you're looking for is that is that thorn. And I like framing it as something I'm wishing for because it, something I'm wishing for can also be a critique or a criticism. It can also be like, hey, I really like to change the way we do this magic system. Uh, I, I, you know, can we can we I, my wish is that we make something better because I think we can. But it can, a wish can also be something totally positive, like, oh, I want to see more, you know, of the goblins. Uh, I think the goblins are cool, and I'd like to know more about their culture. I, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to learn more about that. So I like Storm's Way better. I like something positive and, and something to wish for. And something positive is a great way to celebrate the, the players around you and the cool things they've done. Like, oh, man, when this player did this, it was awesome. And, and players meaning the GM, too. So that is a fun tool. Definitely something, you know, for the GM to, to you know, have a, have a mind, mind towards and, and, you know, keep their pen out uh, and, and, you know, write, write things down so that when people are, are saying, hey, I really want to see this, uh, you're, you're listening to them. But, yeah, it's a fun tool. Uh, and it's a fun just – I like it as a game. You know, if you, there, was a, there was a while where, uh, I have, where friends were coming over into the backyard and kind of hanging out after work. And so sometimes we do like a, with something that, that Johnny and I call roses and thorns and buds just at the end of the workday. 
Uh, it's a nice way to reflect. And, and, you know, you have a couple of roses and one thorn, just one negative thing you get, and then a bud, which is a hope for the future. Uh, so that was the different way that we divvied it up. And that's just, that's just something we do in life so that, you know, we can, we're all, we're kind of looking for that hope and looking for those roses and acknowledging that, that thorns happen, you know? So it's a cool tool. It's a cool tool for gaming. It's a cool tool for anything. Uh, it's a nice way to look back on things. So thumbs up. Uh, Storn has a bunch of examples in his email. You know, praise. Neil liked the attempt at vignettes. Rick liked, liked getting back to the reverend in episode one. Geoff, a whiteboard illustration during talks with Jacandra. Eric worked out the problem within the gamer group. Jim liked Ferret's commitment to Laura's judgment. Can't shut the judging thing down is very interesting. Ferret, implications of what is going on. Cool. And the other thing that Storm mentions is that, you know, some people don't, some people pass. Uh, some people don't do it. And that's okay. He opts, some people opt out. And what I have found in this, you know, when you're doing this, is sometimes. I would say something just to say something, and then I would digest for 24 hours and come back to it and say, okay, wait a minute, I've got more to say. Because uh, sometimes gaming, you know, right after the game, it's a little too fresh. You're not quite sure how you feel yet. And then you sit on it for a little while, and you have more to say. So I, while, while I like doing it right away, because the game is fresh in your head, um, I also want that door open for these kinds of, you know, for these kinds of reflections, not always criticisms, just reflections on the game, uh, to be, to, to, to be the door to be open so that we can, we can come back later. So that's worth thinking about. Thank you, Storm. That was very useful and nice to, nice to hear from you. Looking forward to, looking forward to seeing you. All right, let's get on to what's next. All right, a new voice. Uh, Mike Olson is, DM'd me on Twitter. Thank you, Mike, so much. Nice to nice to hear from you. And Mike talks about in in this DM. He talks about a type of chess he had in a dungeon uh, in response to our chess episode. So yeah, let's get to it. Uh, this is an excerpt from his 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 DM. On the third level, they may find an imprisoned archmage who challenges them to a game of goblin chess. The game itself is abstracted in a way that makes allowances for each player cheating or reading, psyching out their opponent. Win or lose, the archmage imprisoned there hundreds of years ago for a terrible crime is freed from his prison for seven days. But if the character wins at any time during his period of freedom, they can summon the archmage and he will reluctantly serve them for seven seconds. So one round, basically. If the players are so inclined, it's a bit of a moral conundrum. Is it worth it to loose this powerful evil mage into the world if it means short-term success for the characters. Anyway, this ended up seeming less relevant than I thought it was when I began, but still, there it is, chess. Now, it's very relevant. It's fun. And it's a fun decision. You know, do you free this wizard so that you can have the wizard for one round uh, during some, you know, bit of combat? Uh, I, I love those kinds of moral quandaries. Uh, I'm, I'm not a great dungeon designer. I think that's why I'm doing In the Wake of the Sorcerer Kings so that I can get a little bit more experience uh, marking up dungeon maps and, and making, making those types of things. And uh, that idea is fun. That idea is really fun. So cool stuff. 
thank you so much, Mike, for, for chiming in. Uh, I think different types of chess for different places and, and as, as world building is a cool thing. And it was nice to, nice to hear from you. Thank you so much. Hey, we've got another cool email from, uh, from Thomas Chris Johnson. And yeah, I really like it. So let, let's get to it. On the subject of starting a new campaign, I'm actually in a similar position now with my Stars Without Number group. The current set of characters are approaching a point that seems to be the end of their quote-unquote season and their immediate story. They need only the last push of their rebellion against the false Duke of Cato Breeze to topple him and bring peace and justice to their home planet. As the end draws nearer and nearer, we discussed what we would do at that point. I found it... Re- it revealed something interesting about the game worlds, that the events of the story generated a whole new set of situations, and the players knew that there were places and things their characters never engaged with in depth. So we are now debating what to do, and I'm debating with it myself. So far, we've decided to do some role-playing, navigate a 10 or 15-year time skip, roll some dice for random events, and then see what the sector looks like. From there, we have options, and the one that seemed to get great response was having a new game be about the descendants of the toppled duke, now exiles with a shameful ancestor eking out existence in the collapsing empire awesome 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 and agreed i i I love that you're doing a time skip thomas i love that you aren't you know uh married to staying in the same characters or in the same place or in the same planet and and the cool thing about i mean that's kind of what sean and i were doing in our old burning wheel game is we were jumping around to different places and and finding the places where the the situation was thickest and going from there and and it always felt real obvious to us where that was and it seems like your players are, are finding that same thing there's an obvious place where where the situation is, where the excitement is, where the good stuff is at. And I'm glad that your players are willing to, to you know, jump around and, and be imaginative in order to find that. And that is very cool. I love the idea also of, you know, playing through a kind of a civil war and then playing the people who lost. Uh, that's a cool, you know, uh, the, 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 the descendants of the deposed Duke and just get the whole thing from their point of view. That's neat. That's really neat. Uh, I'm curious to hear your player characters talk about their, their former player characters and, and what they did in the war from the point of view of the folks who lost it. It's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And, and you know, it, it shows the cool things you can do once you break out of the, I need to be playing the same character, you know, two minutes after the last game happened and, and play every minute. Uh, well, you know, once you break away from that and, and get to something different, uh, it, can get, it can get really interesting. And some really interesting stuff can happen. So, cool. I hope, the, I hope things go well. I hope, the, I hope you know, the... The good folk of Cato Brie, Cato Briss, Cato Bryce, uh, are are doing well, and and uh, you find the excitement in that sector. Great, thank you, Thomas. Nice to hear from you as always. And that is it for this 
reply show, I've got a few more that I'm going to hold off until I get a little bit more replies, and we'll add them in. If, if you sent a reply and it didn't get into this show, uh, I, I'm divvying them up, and, and there they're are different ones that go to different, different places. Uh, it'll be there eventually. And uh, if you did get a reply in today, thank you so much. I appreciate, from he- I appreciate hearing from you. And I really enjoyed, you know, hearing what's going on at your table and the imaginative stuff that you've done. That's great. That is what I've always wanted this show to be all about. So thank you so much. Uh, I will probably have one more show this year where I just kind of want to reflect back on the year in gaming and then reflect forward a little bit on what kind of games I want to run in the, in the year to come. Uh, there's some cool stuff going on kind of towards the end of the year. Uh, I, I might be getting as many as two games going, new games going, and that's exciting. So we'll see. Things are brewing and percolating, but nothing's quite there yet. So uh, I'm looking forward to reflecting on the year and... You know, doing kind of, we can do the same kind of thing where you do, you know, hey, this is what I've liked about this year and this is what I hope for the year to come. Uh, So that's definitely, you know, roses and thorns and hopes and wishes and stars and whatever, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Thinking about what I'm hoping for and what I'm looking forward to in in 2022. So I hope your year is ending well. Hope if you're in the midst of winter, as, as we are here in the Northeast, you are staying warm and whatever's happening, I hope you're staying warm and I'll, I'll talk to you one more time before the year is over. All right. Talk to you soon.